Yo, welcome back. We back in action. You already know what it is, man. The Dave Say So podcast back with more sports content for your head top sport content on your head. You know what I'm saying? Um, man, I don't even know where to start. What to say first? Like. First off, the last week and a half has been great, you know, as far as sports-wise. You know, games have been very entertaining. NBA season has kicked off. Um, another wild week in the NFL uh, that we'll get to and talk about later. But, as we all know, the NBA season has started. Um... And I mean that's that's really all I can say. <laughs> the NBA season has started, and look, let's just get out the way. Obviously, y'all who know me and who keep up with the podcast know that the Los Angeles Lakers are my favorite sports team. Well, actually, they're my favorite sports team because LeBron is on. But, Los Angeles Lakers are my favorite team. Yes. Now, just because they're my favorite team, I'm not a biased individual. I know with the roster that they have, they would not come clear to winning the championship. Um, but, I just want to come up here and one, just... Talk about, you know, everybody's trashing them, calling them garbage. They're horrible and all that and all this. I just want to say, let's calm down, number one. Number one, does Russell Westbrook need to go? Yes, he absolutely needs to go. Absolutely needs to go. And again, like I said before, does this roster fit in a way for Russell Westbrook to actually succeed? No. And the reason that is, is because we have no shooters. And when I say we have no shooters, I mean like nobody even comes close to a shooter. And I mean, it's horrendous. I mean, LeBron said it best. They can't put, they can't shoot a penny in the ocean. I mean, that's how bad the Lakers are. They're shooting 25 of 118. Bro, their shooting percentages looks like dates. Like at one point, they were shooting like 19 from 84. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's the year LeBron was born. 1984. Like you can't make this up. The Lakers are horrendous. There is no adjective. To describe the Lakers shooting ability. I don't know what drug Rob Palenka has been on this offseason. Because clearly he must not have been watching last season. Because if you saw last season you would see. Okay. We need to stretch the floor for guys like AD, LeBron, and Russ. Because they live in the paint. But you can't get penetration into the paint. When teams are just going to play zone 
and let you shoot because they know you can't and clog up the paint area. So what does Rob Palenka do? He goes out and gets everybody. He literally goes out and gets everybody who's not a shooter. Patrick Beverly, who was a good pickup. A very good pickup. Is he a shooter? No. Toscano Anderson? Bro, Toscano Anderson, like, he's the he's the, the Warriors reject. Like, he wasn't even playing in the playoffs. You went and signed him? He ain't no shooter. Lonnie Rockers, okay. Is he consistent? No. The only person that might come close, and I mean, when I say might, I mean the gap is like a 50-mile gap to might it's Troy Brown and he barely he, he just played his first game this past Sunday everybody else can shoot a lick a lick not even to mention Russell Westbrook who hasn't made a jump shot since two weeks ago hasn't made a jump shot since two weeks ago after the first game versus the Warriors he looked okay I'm like okay he looked pretty straight then this man went off he, he was all he was he was Oh for everything versus the Clippers. I mean, oh for everything. Then after the game, he talking about he played solid. Defensively, yes, he did. But there's two sides of the ball, my brother. It's just two sides to the game. You can't say you play solid if you ain't make a jumper. I, I, I just don't understand that. I, I, I do not understand as a player, you said... You played a solid game when you took 11 shots and you missed all of them. I don't understand that. I now nah, I, I I could just be the, the 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 fan outside the room and just like observing maybe. But if I played in a game and I missed all my 11 shots that I took, I'm gonna think I played terrible. Now, granted. You have to keep your hair high, I guess. Do all this other stuff. But at some point, somebody's going to have to be real. At some point, Devin Ham is just going to be like, yo, you're playing like straight dog water. But again, that's not our only problem. Kendrick Nung, he hasn't scored since last week either. He hit them couple threes against Golden State. And then he hit the, he hit the peace sign. He was like, yo, I'm out. You know, I didn't play y'all last year. I give y'all a couple threes the first game, and then I'm done. Like, I'm out of here. So, Kendrick Nunn can't shoot a lick. This team is a mess offensively, yes. The one good thing they have going is that they can score in the paint. They actually have an offense that they run. It's not just, if you're watching the games, it's not just a bunch of, well, at least most of the times, it's not just a bunch of standing around iso ball. Like, they're actually moving the ball, getting good shot selection. And I heard people talking about, oh, well, you know, the shots, that the three-point shots they're getting are open, so it's not like they're shooting bad looks. You realize teams are giving them those looks. Like, they're giving them those looks. Like, it was a point when the Lakers played Portland, Davis was in the corner open for a three, and Nurkic just, like, before Davis even caught the ball in the corner. Yurkic... Uh, Turned his head and just looked at the worm, waiting for the rebound. And then, of course, Davis shoots the ball off the off the uh, side of the rim, trying to give his best best impersonation of Paul George in 2020. Like teams are giving them these shots, so I don't want to hear that. Oh, they're getting great looks. No, 
They're taking what the defense is giving them, and the defense is telling them to shoot. Now, as far as points in the paint, the Lakers are dominant. They can score in the paint with the best of them. I mean, they have Davis and LeBron. They get good penetration. But at the end of the day, this is not 2002. This is not 05, 06, where you don't have to be a great three-pointing shooting team to win. Not when you got teams like the Warriors, who... If you'll be lucky if they if they uh make under 15 threes, that's considered good defense on the Warriors. If they make under 15 threes, oh man, we was we was on some we was on some stuff today. You're not gonna win like that. Then the Lakers give Rob Pelinka an, an extension for what? For constructing this garbage? Y'all rewarding him from this? You ain't get the Russell Westbrook deal done. It's like I don't I don't know what's going on with this man's head. It's like he intentionally made the team bad. Like I don't understand this. And then he gets an extension for it. Now, again, the Lakers defensively look extremely better from last year. They actually can get stops. They forced they forced the Warriors into twenty one turnovers. They gave, they forced Portland at 16 and no, 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 no. I think the Clippers had 21 turnovers and then they forced the Warriors to 14 or 16 and then Portland had 16 turnovers as well. They play good defense down the stretch and in general. The problem versus Portland was number one, bad shot selection down the stretch. Number two, inserting Russell Westbrook into the game. I promise you that's what it is. Because when when the Lakers was up by seven, guess what Russell was on? On the bench with all the with all the ice padding, all the ice padding on his knees that he be doing. I don't know. I don't, I don't understand why he got it on. But he was on the bench chilling. I'm like, yeah, keep him right there. Lakers is up seven. Here come Russell Westbrook come back in the game. I'm like, for what? For what? He ain't gave us nothing. Mind you, he ain't make a jump in that game to that point either. Every time he shoot, the crowd is literally yelling no. Like, I, this is some stuff I've never seen in my life. Like, the entire crowd is in unison telling this man not to shoot. Yet, he still does it. So, LeBron takes a stupid step back, uh, sidestep three. Dame comes down and scores. Patrick Beverly does one better and takes another stupid shot. Anthony Simons comes back and scores. Then Russell freaking... Mind you, we're still up by one. Russell freaking Westbrook comes up the court. It's 17 seconds left on the clock. Or it was like 20-something. Bro, it was 17 seconds left on the clock. You... Oh my gosh. I, I, I'm getting angry just thinking about this. You have a 24-second shot clock. In the worst case scenario, they gonna have to foul. Why are you shooting? On top of that, you the only one down the floor. Nobody's in the paint. Bro, I promise you, you can go look up the video right now. LeBron and Anthony Davis are walking up the court while Russ has the ball. As soon as Russ hits the shots, LeBron and AD are lifting up their hands like, what is he doing? My whole thing is, LeBron, why you ain't get the ball? I don't 
understand why LeBron did not get the ball to begin with. Then, on top of that, you take... But even if LeBron didn't get the ball, Russell is a point guard. You have to understand time situations. You should not be taking that shot, especially if you haven't hit a jumper. Oh, my freaking gosh. Anyways, Dame comes down, hits a three. LeBron ties it with a dunk. Jamie Grant comes back with a layup. LeBron misses his jumper. Lakers lose. Again, everybody's trash in LA like they're horrible. I promise you, the Lakers are not a bad team. The record shows otherwise, yes. But the Lakers are not a bad team. What's keeping them in these games is defense. Last year, they would've got blown out. What's keeping them in the games is their defense. They actually can get stops. But they can't shoot a lick. The only way the Lakers can have a chance at possibly winning the championship is if they trade Westbrook for some shooters. We still have the Miles Turner and Buddy Hill deal. And now I heard today that they're exploring they're they're getting back in talks with the Jazz about, you know, Jordan Clarkson, Rudy Gay, and uh Mike Conley. But at the end of the day, we have to acknowledge that this whole experiment with Russell Westbrook has failed. Is part of it because Russell Westbrook is just not playing well and he might be washed? Yes. And is part of it Rob Palenka putting a roster around Russell Westbrook that doesn't fit his game? Yes. But it's a combination of both. And... If Russell Westbrook is the only way the Lakers can get their hands on some shooters, you have to get the deal done. Forget the picks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, forget them picks. Them picks really ain't for the matter. I heard somebody say, like, oh, yeah, you know, the Lakers, they might not want to give up the picks because they might, they don't want to go back to straight trash um, once LeBron leave and stuff like that. They want to actually have a future. I'm like... Yo, they're trash now. Is it really going to matter? Like, they're trash now. Like, are, are we serious? I don't understand why they're, they're stingy with these two first-round picks. Like, this is the only way your team can compete for a championship. Give up the picks. Get you some shooters. Now you're talking. You had a player like Buddy Hill. Who's a 3 and D guy. Can knock down an open shot and play good defense. He fits your system. With a Miles Turner who can back up an Anthony Davis. Who can hit, who can hit the 3 occasionally too. That's a good pickup. You look at a guy like um, Jordan Clarkson. Who played for the Lakers. Six men of the year. He's not. Who, who not only can shoot the 3. But he, he can also create his own shot. Then you got a guy like uh, Mike Conley. Veteran. Savvy point guard. Can shoot the 3 as well. Hey. Now we talking. But this respect this respect thing is, is not gonna be able to work out. It's not gonna be able to work out. They gotta move on and they must move on sooner before their season's over. Like I said, the Lakers are not a bad team. They have a their defense is at a playoff slash championship level. And as the course of the season goes on, the defense will continue to get better. But they hurt themselves offensively. 
every point that they score, they have to work for it. Because nobody can stretch out the floor. I don't know how in God's name LeBron has been able to score 31 these last two or three games. It's unbelievable to me what he's doing. Anthony Davis has actually looked really well. Like, Davis has actually been dominant. Like, he averaged 23 last year, but he wasn't dominant. Like, he has six blocks against Portland. Like, Davis has been dominant this season. But, Lakers can't capitalize. No shooters, plus Russell Westbrook. And again, I'm a fan of Russell. I love Russell Westbrook, but we have to keep it a 1,000. Russell Westbrook is hurting his team. Outside of some, some good defensive plays, and he, he doesn't really do anything to help the team in general. So, it, therefore, he has to go. Moving on. Uh, Brooklyn Nets. Again, I've already been on the record saying how horrible Ben Simmons is. I've already been on the record saying how, just like the Lakers, this situation would never work because you have a guy who can't stretch the floor. And not only does he not stretch the floor, he doesn't even try to. Ladies and gentlemen, we're three games into the season. Ben freaking Simmons has 17 points and 14 fouls. He almost ha- he almost has as many fouls as he does points. He's averaging under under six points per game. Now, granted, he racks up assists, but he also racks up turnovers as well. And oh, by the way, the defense his defense his defense efficiency rating is amongst the worst in the league so far. They tried to put him on Zion. Zion treated him like an infant child. Then they tried to put him on John Morant. Uh, they tried to put him on John Morant last night, and he dropped 40 on his head top. So, again, I don't know what Ben Simmons, like, I don't understand why he's on the floor. What can Ben Simmons do? Like, we really have to dissect this. Because now it's getting to the point where he's a, a total liability. Because now he's on a team where the ball is not going to be, he's not the primary ball handler. It's going to be Kyrie and KD. So if you're not getting assists, you're not scoring, you're not playing defense, what the heck are you doing? And to make matters worse, Brody's 6'10". Bro, listen. There's no way you 6'10 and can move like a guard and you averaging under five points. Like, that, that, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I know, oh, you know, it's the NBA, and uh, it's harder than it looks. And, you know, guys in the NBA, they're as skillful as all this. Yeah, I get that. But at some point, we have to realize that this man is 6'10", moves like a point guard, and you averaging five points? Five points is all you can give me, and you 6'10". You 6'10", all you gotta do is take two dribbles to the land, to the rim, your fingertips is right at the rim. All you gotta do is one dribble to the paint, floater, easy. You can't give me more than six. On top of that, defensively, you turn into a liability. Dudes is looking at you and looking at chops. 
John Moran was in a post game talking about, yeah, man. I'm, this man, John Moran, was in a post game talking about how he baited Ben Simmons into the fifth foul. Like, dudes is toying with you. Nobody respects this man. But then again, I tried to tell y'all, Ben Simmons is the definition of talented, but not hardworking. There is nothing Ben Simmons has improved on in his game since being drafted number one overall in 2016. Nothing. He came into the league with the ability to pass the ball. Okay, that's cool. Came into the league with the ability to, to finish on the open break. Be able to uh, guard perimeter players. Okay, that's cool. You still can't shoot though. What's up with that? You ain't improved that. John Moran hit four and six threes last uh, last night. John Moran came in this league. He couldn't shoot a lick either. John Moran has improved on his three-point shooting every single year. Giannis has improved on his shooting every single year. Dudes like LeBron have improved their shooting every single year. And I'm bringing up these guys because these are some these are the same guys like Ben Simmons who coming into the league did not have the ability to shoot. Now, am I saying that Morant, Giannis, and LeBron strappers? No. But you have to at least respect their jump shots now. Because they've actually went in and put in the work. Ben Simmons, all he does is post videos of him working out. Doing the same stuff that he already does. He posts videos of him, you know, slashing and dunking. Like, okay, what's new? Post his latest Ferrari or Lamborghini that he just bought. Plays COD and calls it a day. That's the day of a life in Ben Simmons. Then you had the nerve, the audacity to get mad at a coach who actually kept it real with you. They was the only ones who kept it real with you and said, the reason why we losing is because you can't shoot a lick. And what you do? Getting your feelings like a typical light skin. Oh my, and I seen that interview we had with JJ Reddick. I just don't like how dudes threw me under the bus. Like, we're supposed to be cool. Bro, them was the only people that was, you know what? You know what that told me? That Doc and Joel and B was the only ones that was keeping it real with him. Because everybody want to be so tentative to being like, oh, he's being traded unfairly. At some point, we have to understand. And it's not just with Ben, it's with all these players. Like, it's some players in the league, yes, they get criticized for reasons that I don't know why. But most of the times when players like Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook get hate or just are so criticized, it's because that they're giving us a reason for us to criticize them. You're 6'10", and you can't average six points a game. I don't care who you're playing with. I don't care if you're playing with Jordan and freaking Julius Irving. You better be averaging more than... You better be at the least averaging 10. But you can't average 6? But see, this is what I was saying. Bro, we could pick somebody else up in free agency to do that. We could have kept Jared Allen if he was going to do that. Jared Allen is averaging a more, well more over six points a game. 
See, it's not the problem that the problem is not that Ben Simmons is. I mean, it is the problem, but the grand scheme of things, Ben Simmons is making thirty-seven million a year. I think thirty-seven or forty. You making over thirty million a year, and you giving us five points a game. That don't make no sense. The math is not mathing. The math is not mathing. We paying you forty million in return. You give us five points a game. Hold on. Forty million? Five points a game? Them numbers. Them numbers don't mix. You're right. It don't. But Ben Simmons is the only person on the team that can't play defense. The whole team can't play defense. I mean, on average, the first three games of the season, they've already, they're already on the average of 123 points per game that they've given up. They gave up 70 last night to John Morant and Desmond Bain. The night before that, Zion was crashing all over him. Siakam had a field day on him. He had like 30-something. Like, this team can't guard. And the problem with this team is... They worry too much on offense and not on defense. Their offense is their defense. They put pressure on you defensively by scoring offensively. But when you have teams like the Boston Celtics who can score at a high rate and defend, you will run into trouble. But again, this doesn't surprise me. Their coaching staff got Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni on it. (laughs) That don't surprise me. Hey, you tell me a team don't care about playing defense, and their head coach is Steve Nash, and their assistant is Mike D'Antoni. <clears throat> they tell me all I need to know. The two guys who benefited from that. So, again, this team has so many problems going on. Durant's come back to a team that he basically said he doesn't want to play for no more. He's playing for a coach who he said he wanted fired. He's playing for a GM who he said he wanted fired. So that's drama there. You got Ben Simmons, who mentally is a garbage can. Physically, he's dog water. You got him coming back. You got Kyrie coming back with all the drama he had last season. Kyrie already made his mind up. He's going to LA next year. <laughs> he already said he's going to LA next year. They don't even want him there. So, again, Brooklyn will continue to struggle. I don't know where exactly how deep they're going to play us if they actually get there. But, I mean, as far as championship hopes, I think those went down the drain a long time ago. Moving on. Uh, the Boston Celtics. Hey. I know we ain't talked about this on here. You know, the Ime Udega stuff with uh, Nia Long and, and all the, you know, being suspended and, and all that. Um... I'm not really gonna get into all that right now, just cause that's not the main focus of the topic. But the Boston Celtics look like they haven't missed a beat. It's like they're really affected them. I mean, they're still a monster defensively. Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown gotta be a top three duo right now. I mean, I don't even know too many others. I mean, KD and Kyrie, of course. And then uh, maybe Cle- and Clef and State. I can't talk right now. Clef and State. Clef. What the heck am I talking about? Steph and Clay. And then it's got to be Tatum and Brown right there, honestly. But Boston's looking amazing. Uh, 
Brogdon was a great pickup. I honestly thought they was going to start him, to be honest. But I don't think it was a bad move putting him on the bench because that gives you more scoring off the bench and, you know, gives him more opportunity to get some shots up. Plus, he's going to be playing with guys like Derek White. Uh, I believe when Williams comes back, he'll be he'll be on the bench too and then guys like Noah and all that. But Boston, again, is coming back with a well-constructed team. Still has a great defense. Jason Tatum is, is balling out. Uh, Jason Tatum coming into this year, I'm giving him the superstar status. I know a lot of people were disappointed by how he did in the, in the finals. But, actually, I lied. I'm not going to give him the super, superstar status yet. And the reason why I'm not... Actually, you know what? Actually, I, I ain't going to give it to him. I'm giving it to him because... Tatum consistently has given us deep playoff runs, right? He's been to the conference finals multiple times, and last year he finally got to the finals. And it's specifically that game seven versus Miami, I went ahead and got him a superstar nod. And that is because even though Miami creeped back into the game, Jason Tatum was closing. Like, he had, like, two or three shots down the stretch where he was just like, I'm sending y'all home. And I was like, that's a superstar right there. Now, Miami still found a way to get back in the game magically. But Jason Tatum made big-time shots down the stretch that superstars have to make. Did he perform in the finals that well? No, he, he didn't. But we can't ignore the fact that he got them to the, he, we, he got them to the finals. Plus... You look at just the whole playoffs that season. I mean, he outplayed KD, knocked him out in the first round. The next, the next round, he had Giannis. He got Giannis in the monitor there in a game seven. Now, granted, I believe that the Bucks win that series if Chris Milton plays, but they won a pivotal game six at Milwaukee. He played big time. Game seven, he showed up. He got Giannis out of there. Then Miami was the number one team in the wet in the East. He got them out of there as well, seven games. So that's a superstar type of playoff run. Now the thing will be consistently. It will be the it will be can he consistently do this? The reason why I don't have Dame as a superstar is because he doesn't consistently give us playoff deep playoff runs. He's only been to the conference finals once, and he's never he hasn't even won. He got swept by Golden State. Now granted, that's Golden State. But still, if you're a superstar, we got we at least lead cons- consistent runs. Tatum has given us consistent deep playoff runs. I think he's been to the conference finals uh, three times, and he just went to the finals last year, and he's looking like he's going to make a deep playoff run this year. So, Jason Tatum is looking phenomenal. I'm giving him a superstar uh, nod. Um, but, however, I still believe if Milwaukee can come back healthy, meaning if Chris Middleton can come back right, I don't see anybody stopping the Bucks as good as Boston is. And a lot of that has to do with Chris Middleton coming back, yes. But people underestimate what Chris Middleton actually does for Giannis. I mean, in a sense, Chris Middleton is really their closer. And much as people don't want to admit it, Giannis is phenomenal. He's the best player in the league, yes. But... Down the stretch in a lot of games, Chris Middleton is their shot maker. And 
that is something that they were definitely missing in the Boston series that definitely could have helped them, especially in that game six when the game was pretty much in the grasp of the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, also, a little some extra stuff. John Morant and Luka, they're battling out for the MVP right now. I mean, John Morant has been phenomenal. I mean, he had 41. I think he had... He had two 40-point games. One of them was like 49 points. Then he just dropped 38 against the Nets. Like, John Morant, is, he's on a different type of level. Memphis Grizzlies are playing very good basketball, and they're not even healthy. I thought they had Danny Green. I don't know what's happening to him. I guess he's injured. And Jaron Jackson's not even healthy. So they don't even have a full squad, and they're playing this well. Um, however, though, their one loss did come to the Mavericks, who looked well, who looked great as well. Luka is also playing at the MVP type level. Even though John Moran's gotten off to this hot start, I do believe Luka will win MVP. That's just how I'm feeling. But I won't be surprised if they give it to Ja. I mean, it's real neck and neck right now. And also, the Mavericks look very improved defensively, especially Luka. Luka's on-ball defense these first couple of games has looked pretty good. Not He's not spectacular. He's not Kawhi Leonard or nothing, but... He's good enough to where guys just can't pick on him no more. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like they were doing in that Sun series. So if the Mavericks can continue to improve defensively, and if Luka is if Luca's on-ball defense can stay well, uh the Christian Wood addition was phenomenal. Was I can't talk right now. Was great. Especially since he's coming off the bench. The addition to JaVel McGee was great as well. Uh, to give him a rim protector. So, the Mavericks, I think the Mavericks will be a, uh, a top five seed this season. I also think the Memphis Grizzlies will be a number one seed. If not, I mean, they were two last year, so it wouldn't surprise me if there was two or three. Golden State looks good too, but Memphis just looked. I mean, it's impressive. Memphis is more impressive because they look so good and they don't even have their full team. I mean, like I said, no Danny Green, no Jaron Jackson. Like, those are some big pieces, so when they add them, like, it's just going it, it, to all hell will break loose. But the Mavericks have Luka Doncic, who I think will eventually take over the league and become the best player in the NBA. But we'll all have to see. It's just week one of the NBA. Um, three games in. We got some more games today. But that's going to do it all for today, guys. Appreciate y'all listening, and I'll see you on the next one. Peace out.